Hey, I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. Hey, Songtown, this is Clay Mills. I'm here with Marty Dodson, and we've got a great show today for you. We're going to talk about eliminating distractions in your songwriting, in your artist's career, um, because we've seen over the years, we've seen a lot of things that people get really distracted by. Squirrel. We, what? Squirrel. <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> More like three squirrels, four squirrels. <laughs> Right. It's usually if you're a distractible person, there's not one distraction. There's, there's, there's squirrels several. everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I've been guilty of it. I know you have. You, you've you told me about some of your distractions early on. Yeah, you know, I think it's it's easy to feel like I'm working hard. So I'm focused. So therefore, I'm focused on the right things, you know, or I'm investing a lot of money. So therefore, I'm making progress and and. You know, a lot of those, a lot of times those things make us feel better, but they don't, they aren't really getting us where we want to go. Exactly. And I, I would say for me, I mean, I've got a list of things here to talk about that, that have come to me and some that I've been guilty of. And I would say that basically most of them swirl around that it's it's hard to accept why things aren't moving faster in your career so you want to just get all caught up in working like some for some people it's you know i got to write two songs every day and they're constantly booked with co-writes and they're just they're like a you know a hamster on a treadmill and it makes you feel like you're accomplishing something you're you're writing you're writing you're writing but if you're writing the same old song over and over and over and you're not improving your skills just being busy is is not going to help you you know and go ahead yeah, if you're making the same mistakes and you're not learning and growing as a writer then you know the songs are no better than the ones you wrote 10 years ago and and you're not going to get ahead with those so it has to be something where you you're really focused on improving staying current and all those kinds of things and not just the fact that I'm writing every day or, or, you know, writing however many times a week I can. Yeah. I mean, part of the reason that I wanted to do Songtown with you and start teaching songwriting was because it forced me to sit down and keep up my learning because as a professional writer, we show up every day and write. And I got into this habit where I was not learning new stuff anymore. You know, I was not learning um, new skills that I could bring to the co-writing session. So by knowing, hey, in six months, I've got to teach a class. I want to add some new material because I taught that last year. So I'm constantly analyzing it. It kind of forces me to, to keep up with the music that's out there that I like, the music I don't like, the music, you know, I'm constantly listening and evaluating and learning skills. That's how I came up with things, you know, in my melody book of things like line plus three it just become you know what how can i explain why classical music jazz music blues rock hip-hop country how can i explain this thing that they're all doing with melody and you know they're common elements and so you know teaching through songtown really kept me fresh and kept me learning new stuff and and 
I needed that because I was on that treadmill of just writing, 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 and I wasn't growing my skills. Absolutely. You know, I think another thing that I see and that, you know, I'm sure I've been guilty of in some ways in the past is people looking for shortcuts can really be a distraction. So instead of learning how to write a better song and doing the hard work that it takes and putting in the, the time to get there, some people are always on the lookout for a shortcut. So they see a class that says, you know, make six figures in sync. And, you know, it sounds, oh, that's so easy. I'll just go do that. You know, but magically I can take this class and turn around my career and I'm, and I'm making six figures all of a sudden. And those kind of things can be appealing. People can jump on that train and, you know, but if you're always doing those things, you're, you're distracted from what really matters. Cause to make six figures at anything, you've got to be great. And, yeah, and, and if, for, for those of us that have done that, and I mean, just, I don't know about you, but I don't know any hit songwriter or artist that said they started out with their focus being, I've got to make six figures a year. I've just got to do that. Like that's, that's not motivation enough to sustain a music career. You have to be so fanatical about learning how to write a great song. What are the mechanics of that song? What, what is the emotional thing that I'm hearing that I want to put in my own songs? You got to be a student of, of the song, you know, and, and all this business about the money or, a, you know, I've got a two year plan. And if, if it doesn't happen in two years, I'm going to quit. Well, you might as well mail it in today, you know, and, and just go ahead and, and start another career because you can't put a time table on when you're going to write that great song that changes your career. And, you know, I, I just think some people spend all of their time looking for a shortcut, yep. you know, and there's just not a shortcut to writing a great song. It takes a lot of practice. And, you know, one time uh, somebody called my publisher, my publisher, my first publisher had a bunch of Garth Brooks hits. And this guy called him and said, hey, I've got a song that would be great for Garth. It's amazing. He went on and on about it. And would you pass it on to him? And my publisher said, how many songs have you written? And the guy said, one and he thought somehow the first song he'd ever written was a song that's perfect for the biggest artist of all time in country music you know right and you know that kind of thinking you know he was thinking i just need someone to pass it to garth and then i'll boom my first song's a garth hit you know and it's that shortcut mentality that really can be a distraction so you know you and i always encourage people like if you're not happy with what's going on with your career, write a better song. Don't don't look for a shortcut and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, or don't blame other people. You know, your success, my, my success, it's on our own shoulders. And if no one's recording my songs, then I have no other excuse except to say, well, I need to write better songs. And I need to, to get those songs into artists' hands. And that ultimately is something that I have control over um, blaming blaming the market because, you know, things aren't that's not really rock music or that's not really country or, you know, pop music, you know, sucks today. I mean, those things are never going to get you um, closer to success. I heard Sting say in an interview today he was talking about how. If you're going to catch a fish, you got to show up and throw your line in the water. And 
if you don't do that, if you sit back and complain and, uh, and are distracted by all these reasons why you won't succeed, you are guaranteeing your failure. You're, you're guaranteeing it. So the only shot you have is to show up, throw your line in the water and say, today I'm going to try to catch a fish. And if you don't today, you come back tomorrow. It's just, and good things, if you do that every day, then you'll start to catch some freaking big bass. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's kind of like saying, um, well, the fish don't ever bite and then, yeah. but you're not fishing, you know? And, and I don't, you know, if you and why I, why should I fish anyway? Because I, why should I even fish? Because they're not biting. Yeah, exactly. If you and I had a dollar for every time someone told us that, you know, people just don't get my music, mm-hmm. you know, we would be rich. And, and it's that blaming mentality of instead of going, well, if nobody gets my music, maybe my music's not very good yet. And there's no fault in that. But a lot of us have trouble accepting that, you know, and, and we hear you're no good and we can't take that. So we fight against that. What people are really saying to us a lot of times in those scenarios is you're not good enough yet. And they're not saying you're no good as a writer or you have no talent, but just that the songs you're writing are not good enough yet. And if you respond by saying, well, how can I make them better? You can learn and grow. But if you respond by saying, well, you just don't get my music, you know, then, then you're going to be doing that the rest of your life. I, mean, I think we should do a whole episode on how to take feedback and, and turn it to your advantage. I think that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. Let's you know, do that next. Yeah, let's do that next. You know, I was also thinking that I see a lot of people get distracted with, oh, I got to buy a new guitar. You know, if I just have that, mm. that you know, $4,000 Gibson Hummingbird acoustic from 19... 19- 72 you know I, man i could write some great songs if i had that and and that's a real trap or you know running a studio for years a demo studio i had someone come in and re-demo a song eight times he wanted to come in a ninth time to remix it because he just felt like the tambourine was not loud enough and he honestly felt like that the perfect mix was keeping him or the lack of a perfect mix was keeping that song from getting cut and i finally had to tell him you know it was a hard thing for him to accept that the mix is not going to make this song cuttable an artist is i don't care what mix you could have chris lord algae mix it there's still things that needed improving with the song and you know that was a hard you know discussion to have with him but he needed to hear that and um i think we we get distracted by we got to have the perfect mix maybe if i have a better track guy um you know and then that's for someone that's a songwriter that doesn't do um tracks themselves but you know there's plenty of producers i i have friends that just keep adding you know, compressor after mic pre after they've got to have the most expensive mic to, you know, if they can get this $10,000 Sony mic, their voice is going to be good enough for radio. And so it's easy to fall into that trap. I know you, you're, you know, a world-class lyricist and you said that you had to kind of conquer that demon in the beginning. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I had the idea in the beginning, if I can become a track guy, 
then I can do my own demos. I can be self-contained. And so I bought all this equipment. I've got a keyboard here. I never play. I've got a pro tools rig in that closet right there. You know I mean? I've got all this stuff. Um, even today I, I joined splice and I thought I'm going to learn to do loops. Well, I've, it's been a year. I haven't done one. Mm-hmm. And you know, so it, it can feel like we can deceive ourselves into feeling like we're making progress just by getting more gear, getting, you know, I got myself a new computer and it's got logic and, and all that kind of stuff. And it's great to expand your skill set, but it can also be a distraction that keeps you from writing a great song. And if at the end of the day, if you don't have a great song, it doesn't matter what gear you have, it doesn't matter how great the demo is, you know, none of that stuff matters if you don't have a great song. So it's just, kind of putting the cart ahead of the horse a lot of times to, you know, just keep buying more gear and more gear, you know, if, if we're not doing anything with it. And uh, I saw one time an interview with a bodybuilder and the lady interviewing him said, man, it's just amazing to have muscles like that. What, what kinds of things can you do because you have muscles like that? And he did like a bodybuilding pose (laughs) and she was like, no, no. I mean, like, what can you do? with muscles like that. And he did this other pose and bottom line was he didn't do anything with them. Right. You know, he just had them and, and they were just for show. And it can be kind of that with our studio or our setup or, or our rig, you know, that it, it really does take away time from the important thing of, of writing that great song. You said something else earlier too. I want to talk about the perfectionism I think is, can be a real distraction. You know, I, I mentor some people that will number the um their lyric sheets are like this is version three four whatever and literally they will come in with like this is version 47 of this song and i'm like you've had 47 meetings with this co-writer on this song yes and i'm like well if it's not right now it's not going to ever be right right you know and and but some people just can't let go of that you know and and i think it's important for songwriters to acknowledge not everything we write is great some of them we need to let go, you know, just let them go, let them be what they are. And, you know, maybe that someday I'll figure out a way to write that better and come back to it. But, you know, the idea of everything has to be perfect, like the mix has to be perfect, can really um, stymie people sometimes and just keep them stuck in a rut because I've got to finish these 10 songs if it kills me. And maybe those 10 songs are not great yeah. and they're not going to be great. Right. And, there's one one more thing in that vein that I'd like to kind of finish up with. The I see so many writers go, well, if I could just learn to play guitar better, I could be a better writer. And that cannot be further from the truth. I mean, Irving Berlin, um, Irving Berlin was one of the greatest, you know, wrote White Christmas, just hit after hit. And he could literally play in one key on the piano. He could only play in one key. He could play the black keys on the piano. But he wrote incredible melodies. You can know three chords and write some of the greatest songs in the history of the world. So I see a lot of people going, well, I've got to take, you know, I've got to cut back my writing time because I'm taking piano, I'm taking guitar, I'm learning how to run Pro Tools. And all that stuff is great, but if you're using it as an excuse not to create a song, not to improve your writing, then all that stuff is useless. And, you know, becoming, knowing 
15 more chords than you know right now on guitar are not going to make you a hit songwriter. You know, and so you've got to really dig in and and learn the essence. And that's what we try to do on this show is teach you the essence of what makes a great song. And I, I think an, another distraction can be knowledge because, you know, we had someone recently come to us and go, you know, I'm kind of disappointed that you guys don't teach iambic pentameter and <laughs> and meter and counting syllables. And, you know, our answer was it's because we've never do that in our work with other hit writers that never happens right it's not it's not something we discuss a lot of the people we write with can't read music they don't know music theory what they know is how to communicate with an audience and write something that that makes people feel and that's what matters it's not how you know counting this this syllables or knowing the official name for the kind of meter that you're using Right. And, and a lot of times people, I think they spend so much time learning all that stuff that they're not learning the important things. You know, they're not learning how to connect with an audience. They're not learning basic communication skills. And so we focus on basic communication skills that allow people to write in any genre, you know, because right. if you learn to communicate and you learn to um, connect with an audience, you can do that in any genre. And so I, th I think knowledge and the pursuit of knowledge sometimes is a distraction that makes people feel better, but it's not helping them uh, progress as a writer. Or, you know, knowledge is great. You know, I studied classical, some jazz in college, but when it came time to put my big boy pants on and become a professional songwriter, I had to shut all that stuff off. I couldn't show up to writing sessions and go and, okay, well, if we're looking at this with figured bass, then, you know, I mean, it's, it's just useless stuff. So what I like to do is learn, but when I'm in a writing session, that stuff might be in my subconscious and might come through, but I'm not consciously thinking about, okay, here, I've got to do this. I've got to do this technique here. And then, you know, there's no emotion in that. There's no feeling, there's no creativity. So, I think that it, what, however you want to approach learning, it's great. But when it comes time to write, you can't be thinking, oh, is this the perfect prosody for this song? It's not going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, writing hit songs is a heart exercise, not a head exercise. You know, it's, it's not like a intellectual thing of like, oh, if I can get all the meter right, this is going to be a hit. If I, if I have exactly the same number of syllables, this is going to be a hit. Right. You can't think your way into a hit song. You have to feel your way into a hit song. And sometimes, you know, I tell this story. When I was a teenager, I went bowling with a friend and he kept getting strike after strike after strike. So being a jerk and being a teenager, the rest of us were trying to mess with him. And we'd throw things at him as he went to bowl and he kept getting strikes until finally I said, how many steps do you take before you let go of the ball? And so the next time up, he counted his steps and he threw the ball in the gutter <laughs> and it ruined his streak. It's because he was thinking about it instead of just doing it and, right. and feeling it, you know, and um, it, that happens with songwriting. It was like all this stuff in your head, all this knowledge, if you let that drive the song, you're going to have a song that feels very stiff and flat because you're not writing something from your heart. You're writing, you're just doing an intellectual exercise. Right. So it's great to learn techniques to, to expand your skills. But
but when you sit down to write it it's not coming from an intellectual place yeah and we're not saying at all that that knowledge is bad not you know I wound up in a situation working on a play in New York where I was the only person in the room who could do the Nashville number system and read music because I had been in band as a kid. And so I was able to translate between those two worlds because some of the musicians could only read music and some could only read charts. So it was great that I knew all that stuff. But every day when I write that stuff, none of that comes up. Right. You know, I'm not using it in that way. So I think, um, you're exactly right. You know, it's, it's great to learn and know and all that stuff, but then you got to let that be in the background and put in the foreground, the communication and the, the feeling and the heart of the song. All right. So song town, I hope that helps. We look forward to seeing you around town and we'll catch you on the next episode. Take care. All right. Thanks for joining us. If you don't know about song town, it's a worldwide community of songwriters. We have classes, we have, forums we have pro feedback we have all kinds of resources for you a lot of self-guided courses you can take if you're a songtown member so we'd love for you to check out songtown.com we've got a few books about songwriting that there'll be links in the show notes but i want to leave you with a song by a songtown member and one of our um, publishing company writers kelly mckay kelly wrote this one with maddie fisher colleen francis and tom pino in the heat of the moment Saying things we don't mean Blowing off steam Now we don't even remember Why you took the bed And I took the couch This ain't what we're about How about tonight We turn out the fight Put all this talking aside I swear words Get us into trouble one another, but I can't stay mad when you're looking like that. Hell yeah, I swear words ain't gonna get us nowhere. But those curves got me needing you right here more than anything else in this world. Damn girl, damn girl, I swear words they can wait up till the morning. What matters right now. Remembering how, how sweet I'm sorry can sound Don't you love when we say it all with just one touch? I swear words get us into trouble Ain't worth hurting one another But I can't stay mad when you're looking like